Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 48. I am Matt O'Leary, joined by Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how's it hanging up in Canada? It is okay. You know, it's Canada. It's not super cold. It's not super hot. Um, so it's perfect weather, perfect time for a, let me cheers myself here, beer. <laughs> I love the, the, the clinking sound. Dink. I had an empty beer here from earlier. Uh, my wife and children are out of town tonight, so it's just me bacheloring it up. It's amazing. Oh, so it's going to be me, Mitch, and beer joined on this episode. Beer. That's right. I'm already too deep. Uh, this is number three. Okay. And I have to go to work tomorrow. <laughs> All right. Well, we, got, we want to take it easy. We know you're, what, 34? What are you trying to say? Well, uh, what you, I can't handle myself because I'm old. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. The, you might think... <laughs> it's true. You might think, hey, I could still drink X amount and be okay, but you wake up in the morning and not so fun. Not so fun. No, I'm going to have to drink some water before I go to bed tonight. That's for sure. Yes, that's always the move. Uh, yeah. So, Mitch, do you know what edition you're going with for episode 48? I have a good idea. Let's see who you go for. Who did you go for? Did you just flip it on me because you didn't look it up and don't know? Oh, I have one. I have one written out. It's in bold. I have three lines on this person. Uh, Connor. There's not much to choose from. No, there isn't. It's really slim pickings. Uh, I went with Connor Jones. Okay. I went with Steve Regeer, who played 18 games. So I, I took the person who had the longest time associated with his number because he was with the Islanders between 2006 and 2008. And he played 18 games, scored absolutely zero points. Um, but what would you expect from a 6'4", 194-pound forward? What would you expect? That he's a tough fighter taking a lot of penalties, right? Yes. Four penalty minutes. Strange. So no. Yeah, maybe that's why he only lasted 18 games. They're like, "Well, what are you doing for us, Steve? You're not gonna, you're not gonna pound people, and you're not gonna score points. What are you doing for us, bud? What exactly do you do here? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, unfortunately, for number 48, not a whole lot to uh, pick from. So, I went with Connor Jones because that was the most recent one, and I, I do like that pick though. I didn't remember him, so it was nice to go down memory lane there. Yeah, I remember him now. He didn't do much, but I remember him. There we go. Uh, Mitch, let's start with some of the new contracts that we received this week. Both I am a fan of. Well, there's three of them, but two are very important. So we have. Let's get the bad one out of the way first. The bad one out of the way. The one you don't like. He said there's three. I'm, I I'm guess blanking four. on what the third one is. I guess four? Are you talking about Ross Johnson? No, because you said there was three, so maybe you misspoke. Did no. you want to say wouldn't instead of would? No. Kyle Burrows? <laughs> I'm so okay, confused. Okay, sure. Right. There it is. Okay, I, I didn't know who the third one was. Yeah. But it's Kyle Burrows. Yeah. Okay, so we got Kyle Burrows. It's not that it's a bad deal. You just don't care about him. Oh, okay. I, when you said bad deal, you threw me off. I was like, it's, it's, it's no, okay, sorry. It's just like, you made I it seem we like thought about Ross Johnson already. <laughs> we did. Okay, you threw me off. I man. thought I did. Sorry. Um, there's my Canadian again. So, 
you said that there's three, mm-hmm. two that you enjoyed, and then I assume that what you meant is that one you did not enjoy, but it's just one you didn't care about, and that was Kyle Burroughs. Yeah. Exactly. Because it's like a two-way deal. Not like, but it is literally a two-way deal. And he's probably just an AHL player. I don't really see him as an NHL guy. No, like, they have better guys, right, that they can trust? That that they have coming up the pipeline? Like, one of the other guys that they signed out of those two? Yes, Devin Tays to a beautiful two-year deal at 700k per season. Amazing. I I don't know how that happened because his qualifying offer was like 854 if I'm not mistaken. And what about the fact that he's took less money? Well, I think that's what I'm saying. Like he he took less than what his qualifying offer was. Yeah, but wasn't his ELC more? Two? Yeah, absolutely. Because his qualifying offer was only 5% more than what his his uh, his AAV was last year. So his qualifying offer had to be at least 5% higher than what he was already being paid. No, apparently not, because his cap hit for 16 and uh, 17 were, was 925, which is exactly what I thought. Hmm. Okay, so that means it was. So I guess it was just what he was making, what his his salary was. Oh, base salary. Okay, yeah, base salary was eight eight thirty two point five. So five percent on top of that was like eight seventy four or something like that. Okay. Yep. So he. Signed- so that was that was his qualifying offer that they tendered him. I'm just I'm shocked that he signed for less money though. I know maybe it's not maybe there's something we're missing here with this how this works out but it it does seem like it's less. No, I mean base salary it's 650,000 this year 750,000. So yeah, next he year. took less. That's le- that's less <laughs> money. Took, like it's an amazing what an injury will do to someone or not even to someone someone's worth. Yeah, he, right so he missed out on, on like what 50 to 60% of the season kind of like Calvin DeHaan and he's got to have to make less. Even though he was more productive, right? Like, he was on pace for 56 points last year in the AHL. And he scored how many the year before that? 34? It might have been over 40. It was... Sure. Oh, no. it was, Yeah, 45. 45. So he was on pace to have a better year than he had the previous year. And he still got less money. And he's going to play in the NHL. Right. There's no guarantee he plays on the NHL, but he's on a one-way deal, so that probably means the team sees him as an NHL player. So the, basically what we wanted to talk about, and we'll get to Pulak's in a second, but they have someone yeah. who can potentially be a top four defenseman at 700K. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. shocking. Should, I don't even want to say potentially could be. Potentially should be. He should be a top four defender. And they're paying him 70% of a million dollars. That's a weird way of saying it, but like they're paying him 30% less than Ross Johnson. Wow. Okay. When you put it like that, it really puts things in perspective, actually. Right? Like he's supposed to be playing top four minutes. Like Hammond, like that's what Calvin DeHaan is. Calvin DeHaan is a top four defender. Keep in mind, He's got the the benefit of having played in the NHL and producing at the NHL level, so he's a known quantity. But he's making four point five five million dollars over four uh, per year over four years. So, like that's that's an insane difference based off of you on uh, off the fact that you don't know what's going to happen out of from Devin Tate. We can project, and we're pretty sure this guy should be a top four defender, and he's probably going to be a top four defender. But because we don't know. We're paying pennies on the dollar. Yeah. Um, I. You got to tip your cap to Lou, though, no? So Lou and his cap his cap guy, his cap geek, if you will. Because ever since that cap geek come in, it seems like he's really getting these deals right. Yeah, I, I definitely have noticed a difference, and especially on the recent ones, like, Taze is great, and now I don't. You want to talk about Pulaks because that too, I think, is a really good deal. Oh, oh my God, is that a great deal? For like, and it, and it makes it makes sense, right? That these guys are betting on themselves. So both Taze and Pulak. So Pulak is two years, four million dollars, right? 
Probably. AAV of $2 million a year. So, like, he's, they're paying them less than $3 million over the next per year over the next two years for guys that should be top two or top four defensemen. That's insane. That's the value that they're going to get out of these two players is ridiculous. But that this is a part that I don't think people have really talked about yet. I know I've thought about it, but once those two years are up, and yeah, you're probably going to have to pay them, but that's when Bodie Wild and Noah Dobson are probably going to be ready too by that point in in two years. So then those are just two other guys on entry level deals. So it's evens out kind of. Yeah, absolutely. Like you get you're, you get the next wave of players coming in. Um, but more importantly, like in those two years, you don't know what the cap's going to be like. Seattle's probably going to be in the league, so that's going to jump up the salary cap ceiling. Uh, whatever else happens, maybe there'll be a new contract, TV deals. I'm not really sure what happens there. But in two years, Thomas Grice is off the books. Matt Martin's off the books. Uh, Jordan Eberle, Anders Lee. Like, that's a lot of money off the books. They'll probably resign uh, Jordan Eberle and Anders Lee, and they're going to get significant raise as well. Maybe not significant. Anders Lee's going to get a significant raise. Jordan Eberle is probably going to get a marginal raise. Uh, there's going to be money for these guys. There's going to be money left over. Look, they have $14 million now. They can sign them both to $5 million deals or, and still have a ton of money left. Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. And like you were saying, I think the cap is going to go up pretty significantly over the next two years because you're going to have Seattle. And it's almost at $80 million right now. It's probably going to be close to 85 in two years, if I had to guess, right? assuming that we keep generating revenues and, and there's no reason to believe that it won't because like you said, Seattle's coming in. Um, I know the Canadian TV deal isn't up for a while, but NBC I believe is up pretty soon. So that'll be more money. Right. That's that, then that's huge money. TV deals are huge. Now, uh, gambling's going to start happening in the States. Like that's huge. That's more money. Oh my God. I can't, I can't wait for that. I'm going to, Jersey in August where it's legal so I might just have to like stock nice. up and do just uh, get my whole year worth of gambling out of the way on that one day out in one shot and, and the one thing that we know about this new ownership group is that they're willing to spend yeah so I don't think money is an issue is that we just need to like like Lou said on the on the on Sirius XM last week. He just needs to know what we've got, and that's what he's doing with these two deals. He needs to know what we've got. He knows what he's got out of Ross Johnston. He knows what he's getting there. So a million dollars for him for four years, whatever. It's kind of long, grant you. Like it doesn't. Why would we sign a guy for four years? But it's a million bucks. It's it, that's that's nothing. I, I'd like to point out that when I suggested the Islanders give. Ross Johnson a three-year deal at $1 million per year, and that was before they got Martin or Komarov, or they might remember my big plan to reshape the team or whatever. That was one of the things, and I got murdered for saying I'd give Ross Johnson three years, and then Lou comes out and gives him four, so. Yeah, so you're looking like a genius. I I don't know. I'm, I'm looking pretty good right now. (laughs) <laughs> no, but that, but it make even that then it made sense definitely three years, why not? The guy's what twenty four years old, Ross Johnson, twenty two maybe. He's not very old. I think he's twenty four. Uh, he's twenty four. That's not very old, and a million dollars is much. For three years, you're paying up until he becomes a UFA. That's perfect. Why not? You keep him as an RFA. You're probably gonna have to pay him anyways, unless you just let him go. And if he's good, why would you just let him go? So you've bought you've bought a year of UFA out of Ross Johnson, and he's only costing you a million dollars. Good point. Uh, and and this is excusing the fact that we have Matt Martin. So like yes, uh, knowing now that we have Matt Martin and Ross Johnson, who are essentially the same player, it doesn't make any sense. But we digress. The point we're trying to bring up here is that the value that they're going to get out of out of Ryan Pulak and Devin Tays is insane. And the reason that these guys are signing two-year deals is that not only are they betting on themselves, but the team is saying, we don't know what we have out of you. Show us what, you, what you've got. Yeah, and it makes sense in their evaluation period. Like, both guys, exactly. Pulak only had really a half a season where he looked like an elite-level defender, and Tays hasn't played a single minute of NHL time yet so yeah, i understand i, I don't why. think i'd even be ready to say elite level defender out of out of pulak but definitely top four 
definitely. He looked like a top four player. He looked comfortable and he looked good. But elite. Where he, where he sold me was his five point game. Yeah, sure. A goal, four assists. That's pretty darn good for a defenseman. I think that was really like his first flash of saying, okay, he can be a top guy. Yeah. And he led defenseman, uh, rookie defenseman scoring with 10 goals. Yes. That's pretty good considering that Charlie McAvoy was in that class of defenseman. Yeah. And he was playing. I read somewhere too that he was pretty much playing more minutes than almost every other rookie defenseman besides Charlie McAvoy. And that's perfect. That's exactly what we want. So going into next season, he's in the top four, locked, locked. Now yeah. the only issue is going to be where does Devin Taves fit? I think he should fit. Yeah, and play. I don't. I don't see why not. Like I don't want to play Adam Pellick over Taves, really. No, and the only reason they would is because they gave him a five-year deal. Which I, at the time, still didn't mind necessarily. I like the cost certainty of you. I really like the cost certainty. You've got a guy who could be a 6-7 defenseman, or sorry, a 5-6 defenseman on any NHL team, and you've locked him up for, what, 1.45, was it? Or is that Mayfield's deal? That's Mayfield. Just minimize my window, and I can't bring it up now. Yeah, that's Mayfield. $1.6 million for the next three years. I really don't mind that. If he's going to be on your bottom pairing defense... That's fine. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I, I I see where you're coming from, but with who the Islanders have in their system, like I feel like it's just kind of like a stop block for younger guys like Taze or Aho to get playing time. Sure. Um, but look, they only have six guys on the roster right now. That doesn't include Taze. So bring up Taze, they're at seven. That's exactly what you want going into the season. That's perfect. True. Good point. So their defense looks all right. It seems that they got their team up front as well. Like things are starting to fall into place going into the next season. And we still have $14 million worth of cap space without Brock Nelson signed. Yeah, that's true. I don't think Brock Nelson's getting $14 million. (laughs) No, no. God, I don't think he might get four. I could see him getting four to 4.5. Yeah, that's what I could see. I see him in between 4 and 4.5 also. Yeah. Don't say he's worth it. I'm just saying that's probably what he'll get. Nah, and I get it. But. Yeah, it's it's the market. It's the market. It's, it's other players who have comparable stats that have that kind of contract, and so it just drives up the price. Exactly. That's the issue there. Um, Want to move on to a potential trade that's been brought up or a player? Yeah, let's bring let's bring him into the fold. Certainly. So, Max Pacioretty is rumored to be on the move out of Montreal, and we've well rumored they don't want to sign him. So they they flat out said they're not signing him. So he's on. He's out. <laughs> Done. Right. Yes, he, he he's gone. I just just because he isn't gone, I didn't want to say like okay, yeah, he's definitely gone. But he, okay, he's gone. He's going. So should the Islanders? trade for Max Pacioretty. It's been a topic on the website a lot this past week. We have some people who are saying yes, some people are saying no. So Mitch, what do you say? Obviously, it's always going to come back to what what's the price. Um, and I think the price it's going to be a lot. Montreal's going to ask for a lot. Um, whether they get that, I don't think is the case. Like This is a guy who's got a year left on $4.5 million dollars uh, and they clearly don't want him. That's that's going to be enough for other teams to go, well, we're not going to give you top dollar for this guy, even though he's the 10th leading scorer in the NHL over the last five years. Only nine players have scored more goals than he has in the last five years. Okay. So I would like to see him on the team, for sure. I just... I have a hard time seeing where he fits. Like, I guess you'd have to bump down Beauvillier and you put him on the second line. It's just when Max Pacioretty doesn't have a good center, he doesn't produce. So you're going to bump down 40-goal scorer Honors Lee to get Max Pacioretty in there? Uh, probably not. Although I say that now, and I wonder if, if I got his... Um, 
his position wrong. Is he a right wing or a left wing? He's listed. I say that now. He's lifted as left wing. Okay, so exactly. So yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't do that, right? Like you wouldn't no. bump Andres Lee down to bump up Max Pacioretty just so he can play with Barzal. Maybe, but with with Max Pacioretty, you're getting you're getting a definite thirty goal scorer. You might get forty goals out of him. You can get forty goals out of Andres Lee. You know that he's done it. And if you traded for him, would you want the Islanders to give him that extension that he's looking for? Uh, I'd, I'd play out the season. I'd definitely play out the season. Okay. Fair. And then see, if he wants like $7 million, then you go, mm, sorry, bud. But if you'll take six, then I'd do it. Okay. Now here's when I'm going to contrast you. I want no part of Max Pacioretty. I would not touch him with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> Here's why. Okay. Yeah, please explain that. He had a rapid decline in points. It dropped he dropped 30 points, went from cut his goals in half. He is now going into his age 30 season. And if you trade for him, I think you would be in the mix to extend him. And I want zero part of paying a 30-year-old on a long-term deal. Look at what happened with Andrew Ladd. Now, I think Max Pacioretty is a much better player than Andrew Ladd. I get that, but I don't want to be paying long-term deals to guys over 30 years old. Boy, Chuck, Ladd hasn't worked out well for the Islanders, and I think Pacioretty is showing signs of starting to decline a little bit. I'm not so convinced on the decline yet. He's going to decline like everyone else. Uh, I just don't think he has yet. It's again, if it's for him, it's a product of who he's surrounded by. Like, look at his team in Montreal. His right winger is Brendan Gallagher. His center is a guy who doesn't necessarily play center. So, and he's playing for a more defensive-minded team that doesn't let him push up as much as he used to. And he's got no one to move the puck behind him. Yeah, like remember, I, I, he used to play with PK Subban, and even Shea Weber's generally pretty good, but he missed most of the season. Maybe not most, but quite a bit of the season. And then after that, he's got what? Jeff Petrie? Not really looking good to move the puck out of their own end there. No, probably not. And his coursing numbers have been very good, but I. I don't want to give up a lot for someone who's just going to be on the team for one year. And if you do trade for him and give up a lot, then I think you're obligated to extend him. And I want no part of extending him for, I think he was, well, didn't he ask for $8 million? Uh, wouldn't surprise me. And there's no way Montreal is going to give him that. Um, especially no. after last year. Uh, and also considering the fact that they don't seem to like him as a person. No, I don't want to. He's probably looking for a long term, like, I don't know. Maybe he gets a 7x7 seven seven on the open market. I, d I don't want that for Max Pacioretty after next year. No, I wouldn't want that either. I wouldn't want anything more than four years. I think that he would. I think he's getting more than four years um, if he hits oh, the open probably, market. Probably. Probably. Someone's going someone's gonna to pay him. Uh, I don't want to be the team to do it. No. and Again, I don't mind four. And I'll take even five years just to bring the AAV down. But that's it. Like I don't want anything part, any part of Max Pacioretty after he's 35 years old. No, that's why I just rather them go elsewhere at that point. I think that's they don't fair. need another I winger. They, that. they don't need another winger. They need center help. They need well, yeah. They got a ton of centers now, and they got two of them that they can't necessarily move. In Filipula and Komarov. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. I wasn't even thinking of Komarov, uh, but like he's listed as a center, but he'll probably play, he'll definitely play on the wing. Yeah, no, that's a that's a good point, but uh, wow, yeah, they do have a lot of centers, but they're think, all mediocre. Yeah, I don't think the Isles bring anyone in until, unless it's something that they just can't refuse, like an Eric Carlson who doesn't seem to be going anywhere. Can the Isles come in and say, "Hey, are you still looking to trade that guy? Because we'll take him." If you can take Eric Carlson, you do it. Yeah, I think it's going to be someone big like that who would have to. Be the guy to get Lou to make a move now. Yeah, it's just who, right? Like all these guys have no move clauses. They're not going to want to come to the Islanders. 
Uh, yeah, that's definitely a fair point because obviously we've seen now multiple times that it's difficult to get people to come here. Yeah, exactly. So I'm okay with Pacioretty. I would trade for him depending on the price. Again, you're just getting him for a year. If you're going to pay rental price and you're, you're giving up a first round pick, I probably I probably wouldn't. Uh, second round pick to pick him up, sure, fine. Um I I wouldn't I like you say I wouldn't overpay and I I wouldn't extend him past 4 years. No, absolutely not. I I want no part of it. I don't like and I like him as a player but just not long term over the next 5 years or so which I think it would have to be. Yeah, it's just when I'm looking at it like this year the loss of Tavares and his 84 points or 80 some odd points at least his points per game the Islanders are going to need more production. And I'm not guaranteed. I'm not sure that a lot of a lot of these these players in the lineup are going to give it. Like Jan Kovar, he might pick up 40 points, but that still means we're 40 points short. If Jan Kovar picks up 40 and Bovillia does, let's say another, let's say 40 points, we've only picked up 48 points. That's true from last year, and we've lost 84. So we're still, what is that, 2, 36 points short. Yeah, but hopefully you're not allowing as many goals. That's going to be the key, is how many goals can Barry Trotz prevent with the defensive system? I imagine quite a bit. It's not going to be the best defense in the league. I don't even think it's going to be top 10, but I think they'll be middle of the pack between like 14 and 17th best defense or not best but like 17th ranked defense in terms of goals allowed in the NHL next season yes uh, I I agree with you on that spot. and I think last year if they had that same kind of output or, or not even output that same kind of record they probably would have fared a lot better than they did oh yeah absolutely 100% and with that we might still have Gar Snow though so <laughs> win lose or not win lose but like uh, which one do you take a better season and hold on to Gar Snow or a bad season and you lose Gar Snow whichever one yeah but uh, some will argue that if Garth was still here maybe JT would still be here too I'm not saying that's what I'm I'm saying but some will I, argue I want to know who those people are out yourselves because that's ridiculous that's insane it's not that's not the case he was gone he was gone the moment he put those Gosh darn Toronto Maple Leaf pajamas on. <laughs> oh, God. We can't go an episode without bringing him up, apparently. Yeah. Oh, P.S. Happy non-anniversary to Gar Snow. Today is the day that he was hired 12 years ago by the New York Islanders to be their GM. And today is the day that he is no longer their GM. Thank God. That means for... Garth Snow was the general manager for the Islanders for more than half my life. That's depressing for me. More than half your life? Yeah, I'm 23, so that would be 12 years. Oh! That's the... The difference between your lifetime of our age is a Gar Snow career as a GM. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. That's a long time, Mitch. We saw what he did to this team over that time. So between the time that I was born and you were born, Gar Snow had his New York Islanders career, essentially. <laughs> yeah, he wreaked havoc on the Islanders. Yeah. That's awful. What a terrible time that was. Oh, God. Thank God we have Lou now. Uh, Speaking of thanking God for people we have, Matt Barzell. (laughs) Did you see the video of Matt Barzell deking? Those juicy dangles? He was kind of like, oh, Tavares did one hand behind his head on his stick? Watch me do one hand through my legs. Watch this juice. Is that what the kids say? Do they say juice to be, like, energetic and happy? Is that what they say? Am I saying that properly? I don't say it, but maybe. Oh. I don't know. I'm just throwing stuff out there, and I hope it sticks. It could. I'll roll with it now. I, I'm the perennial Steve Buscemi meme where he's got the skateboard on his back and he says, hello, youths. That's me every day, all day. Yes. Oh my God. I wore my Legend of Zelda socks to work today. I felt like super cool and hip. And then the kids were like, what is that? They didn't even know what Legend of Zelda was. Felt like such a loser. Zelda is the Nintendo 64 game. 
right? Oh my God. Y- yes and no. It's more than just that. Okay, that's what I know it as. You gotta educate yourself in your video games, Matt. Okay, I'm sorry. Legend of Zelda came out way before Nintendo 64. Although, that is the second best iteration of that franchise. What's the first best? According to me. It's the one for the Super Nintendo called Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past. Perfect game. Perfect game. Okay. Go pick up yourself a Super Nintendo and play that game. I, I might just have to do that now. That might be one of my summer projects. There you go. <laughs> yes. All right. So with the Barzell dangles, uh, the video was just phenomenal. I think that's something that Islanders fans needed. Like, yeah, the last few weeks has kind of sucked. Well, let's be real here for a second. But we do have Matthew Barzell. He did put up 85 points in his first season in the NHL. He's a star. And he put on a show. And it was almost like, I don't know, if it was... I don't think it was like a dig at Tavares, but it was almost, it came out at the perfect time, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it helped us forget. It definitely. Right? Like, if, like you're saying, for weeks it was, oh, woe is us, Tavares left us, woe is us. And when you see Toronto fans gloating their stupid faces in their stupid city with their stupid team and their stupid players. Um, we just needed something that was ours to help us remember about our team, to focus on our team. And lo and behold, Barzal in Toronto, mind you, this was in Toronto, does something that no one else can do, I assume. And we're remembering what it's like to cheer for this team again, or and at least to cheer for a star that wants to play for us again. And that's exactly what we needed. Yeah, it definitely helped with me. And it actually got me thinking a little bit. So... How do you think Barzell does with a bigger role? Because this is his team now, whether fans or media members or even the team wants to say it or not. It is, it's his team. He's tw- Yes, he's 21, and maybe you have to shelter him a little bit because he's just heading into his second year in the league, but it is his team. And now and with a bigger role likely on the top line, how do you think he does more specifically next year? I think he does just fine. You think he puts up eighty five right, like, again? Oh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna commit myself to number of points. Uh, I I'm okay with a point per game. I'm even okay with a little bit less than point per game, between seventy and ninety points. Let's say, let's give him a twenty point range. I'm okay with that. Anything he does is fine. Um, but like we saw last year, we posted this on on our Twitter today and on Facebook. Um, his quality of competition when it came to Corsi four was what fifth on the team and just like points seventeen points behind Tavares. Like, the quality of competition he saw last year was still pretty high. Yeah. So, going into next season, he's going to see that point seventeen increase, if not more. And I think he's perfectly fine with that. I think he's now at the point where he wants to be better. And I think he's even said it. He wants to be better than the guys that he played against, like the Crosbys and the Canes and the Ovechkins. He, he got razzled or dazzled by them two years ago. He is still kind of starstruck this year, but he harnessed it. Now it's going to be... Screw you, I'm going to be better than you. And that's the perfect attitude to have about it, really, for being honest. Absolutely. we need. He needs to be cocky about it. Maybe not cocky, but confident. Yes, definitely. Uh, co- confidence is key, especially in, in sports, because let's be honest, it's extremely tough to make it in any type of professional sports. So you have to have some kind of confidence. And as much as it is a physical game, it is mental too. So mm-hmm. having the confidence and knowing that you can – hang with the big boys I think definitely made a difference because you looked at he looked like a completely different player in the two games from 2016 until all of last year that's right so I think he's gonna I agree I think he's gonna be just fine for next year what's your so you asked me for a point prediction I'm gonna ask you then what's your point prediction you sticking with 85 um he might decline a little bit but I would say I don't expect him to have less than 75. Okay. So you're going 85, 75, a 10-point range. Yeah, I think he could have an increase in points. So I guess I'll do so I guess I'll do 75, 95 range. Okay. So that's your 20-point range? Yeah. All right. And that then look, look we're, we're we're not projecting he's going to be terrible, right? We're not projecting 50 or less. We're projecting around the same thing. He might have a dip a sophomore slump. It's not going to be huge. And let's, we have to be honest, look at the quality around him. Like he's the best forward on the team now. Yeah. Like so it is going to be different. 
it's going to be different because yes, he didn't play with John Tavares and he so he didn't have to rely on John Tavares directly, but the team still had relied still relied on him because they had that second or even first wave of offense. Whereas teams had to concentrate on shutting him down and then figure out Matthew Barzell. Now it's just going to be Barzell. Shut down Barzell. Yeah. That's what they're going to focus on. So it's going to be different. That's true. But that could potentially open up more opportunities for Anders Lee and Josh Bailey if you move them down to the second line. Potentially. Yeah, probably. Although I think they move up to the first line. I, I don't see... Or to stay on the first line when it comes to Anders Lee's case. I, I see that first line being Lee, uh, Barzal, Everly. And then third line would be um, Bo, Kovar, Bailey. Oh, okay. So you're switching up the bromance. Well, yeah, I, I you have to, right? The top line, you you got to keep Anders Lee on the top line. Why would you take him off? This has got a 40-goal score. And you got a guy who's going to create a ton of space in Matthew Barzal. You stick Anders Lee on that line. Why else would you do that? I don't know. Or why wouldn't you do that? I don't know, because Bo had really good chemistry with Bailey. Yeah, but you hope he creates it with the new guy, Kovar. Yeah, and look, I, I'm i not sold one way or the other on it. I know some. I've written multiple times with uh, Lee as the top one and then other times with Bo as on the top line for left wing. I'm okay with either one, to be honest with you. Okay. I, I, I would stick with, with Lee. I, I see the bromance and I get it. I just don't care that much about it. I, I would prefer honestly on the top line. All right. So I think we're both in agreement that we expect Barzell to be A-OK for next year. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, Want to move on to some prospect talk? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, I know you came out with a list of your top 10 prospects, so do you want to run through yours because you wrote the article, and then I want to give you mine because it varies a little bit. Okay, so yeah, I'll give out the, my top 10. You give out where you would change things, and let's let's discuss. So my top 10 prospects in the Islander systems, or the Islander system today, in order, is Kiefer Bellows, Devin Tays, Linus Soderstrom, I still consider Joshua saying a prospect. I know he's played more than 22 games. He's actually played more than he needs to um, to be a rookie. He's not considered a prospect. I just Because he hasn't made his full-time start in the NHL, I still consider him a prospect. Sebastian Ajo, number five. Uh, Oliver Wallstrom, seven. Or six, sorry. Noah Dobson, seven. Sorokin, number eight. Uh, Mitchell Vandesample, number nine. And number 10 is Bode Wild or Bodie Wild. Okay. I have... Where do you, where do you differ? Where's, where's the, the Matstradamus coming from here? Okay. I have the same first two, Bellows and Tays. Yeah. Third, I have Wallstrom. Wow. Okay. Fourth, I have Hosang. Fifth, Dobson. Sixth, Sorokin. Okay. Seven Aho, eight Soderstrom, nine Wild, ten Vandesample. So why do you move Sorokin two spots up? Because uh, I think he's better than Soderstrom. I think he he might be better, but to me, better is subjective on availability, and Sorokin doesn't seem available. Okay, I I think that's fair, but I. I guess it depends on what, how you rank them or what you categorize in your rankings. Because I, I did it based on, I guess, current talent. Yeah, I just did talent level and essentially who I think could make the team. I didn't, I didn't really grade them or anything, but I think that this is the order in which these players will make the team um, based off of their talent. I also think, I agree that Sorokin, assuming he was available and assuming he was ready to come, I'd have him number two even. Okay. Maybe even number one. Uh, I can see the argument for it. But because he's he's still under contract with CSK Moscow and he's seemingly nowhere near coming to North America, and even if he does, he's probably not even going to play for the Islanders, I wouldn't rank him any higher than eighth. And I, he, he barely even made the list just because, well, 
if he's not available, what's the point? I see that argument. I get that. So, um, who did you have number three again? You had Wallstrom. Yeah. And that's just based off pure talent, right? Yes. Because <laughs> I, yeah. I, I saw him at training camp. He looked miles away better than pretty much anyone there not named Kiefer Bellows. Right. Okay, fair enough. I still don't think he makes a team for another two years, whereas guys like Soderstrom, Hosang, and Ajo have a chance of making a team based off of their talent today. Okay, well, let me phrase it to you like this. Who do you think holds okay. more trade value, Wallstrom or Soderstrom and Hosang? Oh, Wallstrom for sure. Right, so for that's sure. what also went into my rankings. Fair enough. Yeah, you're right, because if we went for a trade, he's a blue-chip prospect. Hosang is arguably disgruntled, although it seems like he's got a, a clean slate. Um, but the team also doesn't seem to have any use for him. Right, but potentially. So, I mean, I think things are going to shape up by the time minicamp rolls around. Right, but I'm just... Well, written minicamps, you mean training Training camp, right? camp sorry. That's what I meant. Yeah. Um, he's he's already got... I, I just... He, he's had time and he hasn't done anything with it whatever fault you attribute to his or the team he still hasn't made the nhl so i think that plays a factor in, in his trade value so that's why i, I factor wallstrom a lot higher but in terms of his ability to make the team and how soon he can make said team i think hosang's above him probably okay i get that argument that's that's my argument, and, but I have Wallstrom, Dobson, one and two, like one next to the other, just like yours. Yours are just a few steps above. I have uh, Wallstrom three, and then Hosang splits between Dobson. Right. Okay. So why do you have Hosang above Dobson? Because if I flip that argument to you, or the yeah the trade value argument, who's worth more in a trade, Dobson or Hosang? I'm sure you'd say Dobson. Uh Yes, but also I was I was leaning more talent wise, I guess. Okay. I think uh, that's a tough one. That's tough. Now you're the one who put yourself in this position. No, no, you're right. I'm just You're you're right. I'm just It's a fair question. I'm not I'm not going to argue with you. I think it's a completely fair <laughs> no, question. No, I wanted you to. <laughs> um I still think that Hosang's a top 5 prospect and I guess if I switched Dobson and Hosang, he would still be considered a top five prospect, but I don't know. I don't know. I, I, you could probably sell me on flip flopping them, but I, that's just okay. how I that's just how I ordered it. So there's one name. Sorry, is there any more differences? I think near the bottom, there's still some difference. Is there anyone uh, you would add to this list that isn't on there? No, like Dal Cole's not going to be on there. <laughs> that's where I was hoping you'd go. Um, perfect. So Dal Cole still has, what, one year left on his deal? Uh, where is he over here? There he is. He still has one year left. What do you think happens with Michael Dal Cole this year, before his contract runs out? I would like him to be traded. Yeah. I, I think that's the only possibility for him. He's got to have. He's going to have to be traded. And what do you get Maybe for him? he's... Maybe he's flipped at the at the trade deadline, or he's flipped at um, draft at the draft for a bunch of picks. Like maybe he, maybe Lou calls up Peter Shirelli and says, "Hey, do you want do you want a, a former fifth overall draft pick? Give me your first and a second. That would be if they got a first and a second. I would kiss Lou Lamarillo right on the mouth. That would be yeah. insane. <laughs> <laughs> there is no way if you you're maybe getting one pick, and it's probably coming in yeah. round four. Sure, probably at this point. You're probably right. Uh, I, I doubt you get a first for Michael Dunkel. No. No, he's the only player left from that draft class who has not made his NHL debut. That's not true. From the first he's round. The, no, there's one player who actually well, has never he, played an NHL game. He was redrafted, though. He was, oh, he was redrafted? Are you talking about the guy? I forget what his name is, but there was someone else who hasn't played... An NHL yeah. game. Yet. I think it's a. I think it was Colorado's 18th overall pick. I'm gonna say. And then he was redrafted two years later, so that's why I didn't really count him. Ah, fair enough. Okay, they never signed him. That makes sense. Okay, so that but he has played. He's played four NHL games and done absolutely nothing. He being Michael Dalcol. So. Oh, okay, okay, I, okay, okay, okay. Well he, well, he was at that point. Connor 
Bleakley. That's the one, Connor Bleakley. But yes, he did play four NHL games, but but he's still what that's still true. He still was the last to make his NHL debut then. You're right. I didn't know that Bleakley was redrafted. Because I don't I don't count him because he was then taken in the third round and I think twenty uh fifth round in twenty sixteen. Okay. Fifth round, eh? Wow. How the mighty have fallen. Um yeah, I don't know what you do with him. So outside of Michael Dacol, is there anyone that should be added to the list, do you think? Maybe you can sell me on Quinville. Yeah, I had him in there before, but I got talked to, to Bodie Wild. It just made sense. Um, I don't know anything about these other guys, like Yannick Rathgeb. Although he's paid, he's, he's making top ELC dollars, right? At 925, I think it is, his AAV. Yeah, he's making top ELC money. Um, so, yeah, I think Quinville's the only one. I've heard... Skarik is is a pretty good prospect, but that's again just a prospect. That's what I was gonna say too. Maybe him. But outside of that, I don't know. Wertherspoon? No, no. Yeah, you're kind of grasping at straws at that point. Yeah, definitely. Ten was 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 a stretch, but we still made it. We still made it with some good names, like number ten being Bodie Wild. That's a great pickup for the for the Isles. That's a sixteenth, fifteenth overall should have been. They picked forty first. That's insane. Yeah, like I think, I think Bodie Wild can be a solid defender in this league. I think it might take him a little bit longer than Noah Dobson, but I still think he could be a solid defender because I think he yeah. probably should have went somewhere to where Pulak went because didn't Pulak go like thirteen? Pulak went fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah, Bodie Wild probably should have went between fifteen and twenty. Around that. So he he does. He seems. I I seem as a. Devin Tay's type trajectory. It's going to take a few years, but when he gets there, there's going to be a lot of hype around him. Yeah, so maybe he makes his NHL debut at 23. Like 22 or something yeah. like that, yeah. I could totally see that. Yeah, totally agree. Okay. Um, anything else on prospects? No, like... That that's a pretty good comprehensive review of what's in the Islander system right now, and there's a lot of good stuff in there. There's a lot of blue chip prospects, right? We have the two first rounds from last year. We've got Bellows, we've got K- uh, Taze. I was going to call him Kane. <laughs> we have Soderstrom and Sorokin, and I know we don't actually have Sorokin, but we still hold his rights. Yeah, maybe you trade him to a team that could convince him to come. Yeah, maybe. I don't know what team will convince him to come, but someone. I doubt it. It's going to be a money issue for him, I think. Probably. I don't think anyone's going to pay him the kind of money that he's going to want. I don't think so. All right. Want to get into the... Well, no, it's like he's not allowed to, right? He'd have to sign an ELC that's capped. Oh, good point. Yeah, because he hasn't signed the ELC yet. Yeah, and he still has signing bonuses, but that too is also capped. And I think he makes more than more in Russia now than he could make with ELC and signing bonuses. Ooh. Yeah, so I guess what's the point of him coming over here? So he'd have to wait until he could become a free agent, which I forget what the timeline is on that, but once his rights are no longer held by the Islanders because they haven't signed him to uh, an entry-level contract X number of years after he was drafted, I think it's four years after he was drafted for international players, I might be wrong, um, then he can join the league and he can join any team. Okay. Well, he was drafted in 2014, so they're coming up. They must be coming up on it, I guess, right? Yeah, it might be five years because I, I forget how long it is because he could do the whole Jimmy VC thing, right? Yeah, good point. And when was Jimmy VC? Uh, it's the only thing is that Jimmy VC is considered domestic. Uh, and the, I think the window for European or international players is longer. Yeah, that makes sense. Than domestic players, so. Okay. I was just curious over it. Interesting. Yeah. Want to move on to social? I know we had a couple questions actually this week. Yeah. So I put something out on my Twitter asking people to give me questions for the pod today. And I got one from Anthony Caldera. Or Caldera. Sorry, I mispronounced your name. Um, So his Twitter handle is at Anthony Caldera. He says... With the influx of bottom six forwards and cap space remaining, who do you think the Isles will target? Defense seems to be completed, so it would have to be a top six forward, most likely a center. Who's the logical target? So I ask you, Matt. I have one in mind, and if you don't have one, that's fine. Okay, I think we might have the same one. Okay. Matt Duchesne. On three? 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yes. One, two, three. Matt Duchesne. Yes. Yeah. It has to be that. There, there's obviously better players out. Maybe not better players, but there there are players out there that are available. Um, but he seems to be the best possibility. Yeah. Right. Because you need a second line center, and he seems like honestly the perfect second line center. Um, yeah. But at, at the same time, like. One, what are you going to have to give up to get him? And I know, like, Panarin is probably a sexier name, but he would he's not a center. He's a winger, so right. that doesn't really help yeah. you. Um, I don't know. I, I might still, as crazy as this is, I might still rather a defenseman. I, I wouldn't, definitely not. Well, like, yeah, if you can bring in an Eric Carlson, sure, but... We're not bringing in an Eric Carlson, so who do you bring in? If you can bring in Matt Dumba, okay, um, cool. I'm talking like a Matt that. Dumba or a you know who, uh, you know who out of Carolina. Yeah. We won't. Yeah. I won't even say. It. I don't even have to say his name. You know who I'm talking about. You don't have to. No. Um, sure. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. If they can do it, I don't know if they can do it. Why not? I think they're set with who, with who they have, and I think they're going to go into the season with who they have. And if they need, need to make changes by next season, that's when they'll do them. Now It actually makes more sense now for Falk. Well, I want to know why. Why is that? Because he has two years left on his deal. So, yeah. and guess who just signed a two-year deal? His name is Ryan Pulak. So you roll with Pulak, Falk, and Boychuk as your righties. And then once Falk becomes a UFA, you could wave goodbye to him. And then Noah Dobson takes his place. And it's Dobson, yeah. Boychuk, and Pulak. With Bodie Wild yeah. waiting in the wings for after Boychuk retires. You've got it all set up <laughs> t- for the next 10 dude, years, I'm, don't I'm you? I'm telling you, if the Islanders made me the general manager, they would be a playoff team this year. And set up. <laughs> and we, the Islanders would win a Stanley Cup within five years. <laughs> okay. Whoa. Whew. I'm busting a gut over here. They would be in the playoffs this and year. And win a Stanley Cup wow. within five. That's that's nuts. Like, I have confidence in myself, and I am a borderline egomaniac, but I would never I could do that. Oh, I know I could. That's, wow. Okay. Um, the last question I have, because moving on there, thank you, <laughs> Anthony, for that, is, uh, is from our friend Rob Tom. Uh, who asked, bigger rivalry at the moment, Isles Twitter versus the City of Toronto or Isles versus Rangers? Ooh, good one. And uh, he says, thanks, lol, because uh, I think he knows the answer. I think it's still obviously Isles Rangers, <laughs> yeah. but Isles Twitter versus City of Toronto is pretty darn close. I'm kind of getting tired with the City of Toronto. I am. We just picked up Kawhi Leonard today. Gosh darn it, we don't need Toronto and their goddamn ego being a lot bigger than it is right now. No, I am very close to blocking Steve Dangle, and I really like Steve Dangle, but I just can't take it on Twitter anymore. I really can't. No. I love everything about life. Let me make funny voices about it. Whoa, Toronto! Like, God, God! I hate it because he's... I'm glad he's happy, but I'm, I'm just upset that they're happy because they're happy at our expense. And that's the worst type of happy, when someone is happy at your expense. Exactly. Um... Good on them for getting Tavares. It's a it's a beautiful story from their perspective. It's a terrible story from our perspective. Um, and now, not only that, but they gloat, they gloat, they gloat. And now they got Kawhi Leonard, the fifth best player in the NBA, to join their team. Unreal. Yeah, but, but kicking and screaming though, I don't think he wants to be there. I doubt he wants to be there, but he's still he's still there. Yeah, true. And they can trade him and, and acquire another superstar player. We couldn't trade our superstar player because he didn't decide he didn't want to be here while we still had control over him. Good point. So Kawhi Leonard, not as evil as John Tavares when you look at it that way. Also a good point. Uh, so, I thought we were done with this. I, we, we went back to it. God dang it, John Tavares. It's like a drug. We just keep time. going back to it. I can't, There's a big John Tavares jersey autographed in the New York Islanders blue and orange staring at me right now the entire time just saying ha 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 didn't say the magic word I still have mine in my car it's been in my car since June 30th I was gonna shoot a video when he re-signed never happened so you will not see that video and you will not see that fire tweet that I had 
on deck for a <laughs> month. I was sitting on that tweet for a month, and I never got to put it out. Oh, I haven't seen it. I want to see that now. I'll send it to you after the show. Yes. Ha! I have one more thing for the social before we get out of here. Okay. So the Islanders signed – well, not signed, but John Gruden is their assistant coach now. So yep. the Oakland Raiders account tweeted oh <laughs> a gift back at the New York Islanders of their John Gruden. Yep. And they made me laugh. <laughs> they got they got to go lol out yeah, of you. Yeah, I giggled. Yeah, that's good. It's nice to see that we're on the NHL's radar. That's nice to see. Yeah. Well, are you familiar with NFL John Gruden? Yes, a little bit. Okay, he's a he's. Didn't he do like quarterback clinics or something? Oh yeah, he's a quarterback clinic guy. He loves tape. He's a football guy, and he'll be like Cobra Zebra X Y two and all that like football terminology. And he talks really funny. He's got red hair and like squinty eyebrows. It's enter. It's he's an entertaining character. I remember seeing him do one with Johnny Menzel before he joined the NFL, and it was it's funny now in juxtaposition where it's Johnny Menzel isn't there. He was essentially telling him, don't be a diva, and guess what? <laughs> he was a diva. Ugh. Well, not really. He was just a drunk, I think, wasn't he? He definitely had some substance abuse issues going on. Yeah. Seems gone now, although I don't know what he's doing in Hamilton. I don't know how well he's go- he's doing there. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. We might have to check the, out his CFL numbers now, but he's trying yeah. to come back. <laughs> yeah, good for him. All right, Mitch. Do you have anything else before we put a bow on this? Uh, let me scroll down to the bottom of our running order. Nope, nothing. Empty. Okay. So, wow, that flew by. But let's let's put a close on this and do all our plugs before we get out of here. So, yeah. if you're listening to this podcast through Apple or on the, on the podcast app, if you could rate, subscribe, and review, that would be really appreciated because it helps us in our searchability and allows us to put even more content out there and stuff like that. So, we really appreciate it. Um, also, if you ha- don't already, which you should, you should follow us on Twitter at Eyes on Isles FS. Me or Mitch put out those fire tweets. My fire. My personal Twitter account is at Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch's is at T L O Mitch. Please like our Facebook page as well. We got one of those. Facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. And if you haven't already, download the app, the Eyes on Isles app, and visit the website eyesonisles.com. Actually, I did have one more thing before we completely oh. get out of here. Okay. I just want to say, and it this is gonna come off bad. But I promise I'm not trying to make myself look bigger than I am. It's more for an appreciation thing. This past week, I was recognized from Eyes on Isles two separate times by people that I've never met before. So I just wanted to say thank you for to everyone who supports us, listens to the show and goes to the website and stuff like that. Honestly, it was really humbling. And I thought it was really cool to meet someone out in public who I had no idea who and I had no idea who they were. But we just talked to Islanders for a couple minutes and it was, that was really cool. So I'm definitely saying, you know, thank you to all the loyal listeners and readers. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you to you people. I'll, I won't see you in public cause you're probably not in Ottawa, but if you are, you can find me in Vanier. Yes. So if you ever go through Vanier, <laughs> look out for a skinny tattooed man. There you go. Yes. It's probably Mitch. <laughs> All right. With that being said, you've been listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 48. We'll talk to you next week. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.